Seismic shifts have hit our society, leaving people unmoored from truth. In the midst of the confusion in our culture, followers of Jesus are called to be unshaken, Psalm 62.2, and unashamed, Romans 1.16. This focus will help equip us to become convictional, courageous, and compassionate. Like all worldviews, Christianity influences our ideas, beliefs, convictions, and habits. Grounded in truth and lived out in God's grace, our faith has the potential to transform our own lives and ultimately help transform a broken world. Christianity is not merely a comforting story with some nice moral teachings taken to be true on blind faith. The Christian worldview is both true and can be shown to be a reasonable faith based on evidence. God has acted within history to demonstrate that He alone is the true God who is worthy of following. Because of this, all Christians are called to be able to give a defense for their beliefs, done in such a way that is Christ-like and being respectful and compassionate. Welcome to On Mission, the preaching ministry of Edgewood Baptist Church in Rock Island. When we gather together, we meet on 38th Street, and when we're scattered, we strive to live on mission all over the Quad Cities area. We're continuing in our Unshaken and Unashamed series, focusing on the timelessness of truth. Do you remember that scene if you saw the movie from A Few Good Men? When Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise are kind of going at it in a courtroom and Jack Nicholson says, you can't handle the truth. That's a good description of the society that you and I live in today. Because there's a lot of people today who make statements like this. I have my truth and you have your truth. Whatever works for you, well, that's true. Whatever works for me, well, that's true. Well, the problem with this is your truth is that it may not be the truth. And that's not just my truth, but the truth. So simply because I insist something is true for me, well, that does not necessarily make it true. Contrary to popular opinion, there is such a thing as absolute truth, which is and can be defined as inflexible reality. For instance, it's a fixed fact. There are absolutely no square circles There are absolutely no round squares. Water is wet, not dry. Cheese curds are the best invention of all time. (laughs) By the way, the Curder Burger is back at Culver's. (laughs) Or another illustration, if I take my water, take a drink, put it down on the table, and it's too close to the end, it falls That's gravity. You can't deny that. No person would say, well, gravity works for you, but it doesn't work for me. Truth can be defined as being in accord with fact or reality. Merriam-Webster defines it this way, fidelity, constancy, fact. In a word, truth is reality. It's how things really are. In the New Testament, the Greek word for truth means to unhide or hiding nothing. The idea is that truth is always there. You can evade truth, but nothing can make it 
evaporate. The Hebrew word, Hebrew from the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for truth means firmness, constancy, and durability. So we could say true truth is timeless and it can be relied upon. In short, truth is simply what is and telling the truth is telling it like it is. Now let's note what truth is not. Truth is not simply whatever works. That's pragmatism. Truth is not what makes people feel good. That's hedonism. Truth is not what the majority says is true. That's relativism. Truth is not believing all truth claims are equally valid. That's pluralism. Truth is not simply what is believed. Like if you believe it, well, then it's true. No, that's gullibility. A lie believed is still a lie. And so the place for us to begin, as always, is with this question. What does the Bible say? Stephen Lawson lays it out clearly. Truth is that which is consistent with the mind, will, character, glory, and being of God. All truth must be defined in terms of God, whose very nature is truth. Consider these truths. God the Father is the God of truth, Isaiah 65, 16. Jesus Christ is full of grace and truth, John 1, 14. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, John 14, 17. The Bible is the word of truth. Now let's consider some distinguishing properties of truth. Number one, truth is divine. Truth comes from above. It's not determined by opinion polls. Ultimately, all truth is God's truth because he's the sole author of truth. Romans 3, 4, let God be true and everyone, if though everyone were a liar. Number two, truth is eternal. Like truth is not here one day and then gone tomorrow. What was true yesterday will be true next year. Psalm 119, 160 says, the sum of your word is truth and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. Well, here's one. Truth is absolute. Truth is exclusive. It's not inclusive. Truth is real. It's not relative. And truth is incompatible with and intolerant of error. Proverbs 30, verse 5, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Next, number four, truth is objective. The Bible is objective truth that is always true in every place and at all times. Romans 1.18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Number five, Truth is immutable. God does not change, and neither does his truth. Mark this. Right is always right, and wrong is always wrong. Truth is never outdated or obsolete. Psalm 119.89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. And finally, number six, truth is authoritative. When the Bible says it, that settles it. John 12, 48, the one who rejects me, Jesus says, and does not receive my words has a judge. 
The word that I've spoken will judge him on the last day. I like the wit and wisdom of Winston Churchill. He once said this, men occasionally stumble over the truth, but most of them pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing happened. (laughs) The truth is incontrovertible. Malice may attack it. Ignorance may deride it, but in the end, there it is. (laughs) We've seen that truth is propositional, but even more than that, truth is wrapped up in a person. Jesus rises over all of our cultural confusion, and and he shouts out, I am the truth. Get to know me, and you'll discover that which is totally true and totally transforming. We learned last weekend from John 14, 6, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So here's our main idea. Since Jesus is the truth, we must be ready at all times to tell others the truth about him. I'm going to invite you to open up your Bibles to John chapter 8. And we're going to read this section together. If you're able to stand, would you stand? And let's read John chapter 8, beginning in verse 31. Let's just pause and remind ourselves what we're doing here. We're worshiping. We get to hear from God's authoritative book right now, his word of truth. And we're going to learn about truth. Let's read together. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, never been a slave to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You can be seated. Let's discover three truths about truth from this passage. Number one, be at home in the truth of God's word. The second half of verse 31 introduces a conditional clause, if you abide in my word. That word abide means to dwell in, to remain in, to continue in, to live in. The picture is staying in a house and becoming so in love with the place that the house becomes your home. We're not to just go to the Bible as an occasional guest. We're to move in and live there. The idea is we're to sit and soak in the truth of the scriptures. Notice Jesus uses the singular, my word, not words, meaning he's referring to the sum total of everything that he's taught. In John 14, 23, Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word and my father will love him and we'll come to him and make our home with him. So here's a question. Is God's word at home in your heart. We learned in week one of our Unshaken and Unashamed series, see what you believe about God's word will determine how you view the world around you. If your worldview does not come from God's word, it will by default come from the world. 
Number two, get to know the truth found in Jesus. I'm in the first part of verse 32, and you will know the truth. Incredibly, seven different times in this passage, Jesus references truth. Now, this passage is often taken out of context, and it's important to realize truth is not primarily a principle, it's not a philosophy, it's not even a platform, it's a person, and his name is Jesus. So if you want to know the truth, get to know the one who is the truth and then follow the truth of what he says in his word of truth. Jesus always tells the truth about our condition, our need for salvation, how to be born again, how to pray, how to forgive, how to love, how to live on mission. Friends, in a world filled with lies and half-truths and confusion and uncertainty, Jesus prays this prayer for you and for me. John 17, 17, sanctify them, set them apart in the, do you know what it says? In the truth. Here's Jesus. Set them apart in the truth. Then he says this, your word is truth. Number three, find freedom in the truth of salvation. Here now the second half of verse 32, and the truth will set you free. Jesus came to set us free from sin. That's spelled out in Romans 6, but now that you've been set free from sin, you've now become slaves of God. 2 Corinthians three seventeen. now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So these Jewish leaders are listening to Jesus, but they don't get that they need to be set free, so they push back, and so they claim their heritage. They're like, we're good to go. We're offspring of Abraham. We've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Well, they had forgotten their history, didn't they? They were slaves in Egypt, in Assyria, in Babylon, and now they're living under Roman rule. But more than that, they had this warped view of their own goodness, thinking that because they kept some rules and followed some rituals, that they were okay. Now, before leaving this passage, Jesus gives a warning And then a welcome. Here's the warning. Sin leads to bondage. Let me just stop there to say some of you are living that right now. You're like, I I don't know how to get out of this loop of sin. You're like, okay, you start sinning, and then all of a sudden it, it becomes such a habit and such a power over your life. And Jesus explains it. I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. I'm fascinated by how many times Jesus used this phrase, truly, truly. That means very truly, most assuredly, so be it. In John's gospel alone, he says it 26 times. It's like he's saying it with an exclamation point. It's the way Jesus introduced something incredibly profound and monumental. In the original language, it's the word amen. So these religious guys thought they were spiritually superior, but Jesus made it clear that apart from a relationship with him, the only one who is truly, truly the truth, everyone is in bondage to sin. You cannot be freed from sin until you admit the truth that you are enslaved to sin, which leads to point number two, the son is the bondage breaker. Listen to verse 36. If the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. 
This is more evidence that the Son is truth itself. Verse 32 says the truth. Here we read the Son will set you free. The Christian faith is liberating since we don't have to build our lives on our truth. No, instead, when we repent and receive the one who called and proved himself the truth, we'll be set free. All right, let's take a transition now. What does all this topic have to do with us today? Well, this week, I intentionally listened carefully uh, to the news and things I heard in the culture around. I paid attention to news feeds on overhearing conversations when Beth and I would sit down and watch the news. At the same time, I came across a verse I had not seen before, which I think captures our cultural condition. Check this out from the book of Isaiah. Truth has stumbled in the public squares and uprightness cannot enter because truth has stumbled and tumbled today. You could say truth is the scarcest commodity in the world. Researcher George Barna has discovered that nearly 75% of Americans do not believe in absolute truth. Here's the sad part about that. Without the clarity and consistency of absolute moral truth, we're reduced to doing what seems right, what feels good, what produces the least resistance, and what provides the greatest possible personal fulfillment. And so in a world which no longer believes in absolute truth and embraces outright and egregious error, it's imperative, church, For you and I, as followers of Christ, if you're a born-again believer, it's imperative that you and I be discerning. So here's a prayer that we should pray. It's a prayer prayed by Solomon. And we can also see how God answered it. Give your servant, 1 Kings 3, verse 9, give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. And then in chapter 4, we see, now God gave Solomon wisdom and very great discernment and breath of mind like the sand that is on the seashore. Friends, we need very great discernment today, don't we? You do know truth is not always convenient and it's not popular. I love listening to preachers. I love reading sermons. I love listening to sermons. A preacher from of old, he's in glory now, Adrian Rogers once said this, it is better to be divided by truth than to be united in error. It is better to speak the truth that hurts and then heals than falsehood that comforts and then kills It's better, it's hard, but it's better to stand alone with the truth than to be wrong with a multitude. It is better to ultimately succeed with truth than to temporarily succeed with a lie. Friends, let's just say what the Bible says. The Bible tells the truth about God as creator. 
The Bible tells the truth that our gender is determined by God at conception as either male or female. By the way, the topic of identity will be addressed next weekend. That's a huge issue in our culture today. The truth of the Bible teaches that marriage is a covenant commitment between one man and one woman for life. The Bible, the truth of the Bible teaches that life begins at conception and therefore the preborn must be protected. The Bible teaches that the scriptures alone are sufficient and that Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved from our sins and the judgment we deserve. That's what the truth of the Bible says. Now, here are five ways I want to suggest that we can develop discernment today. Number one, make sure you settle the source of truth. What is true? Psalm 119, 151 says, but you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. Several weeks ago, we hosted the Faith and Reason Seminar with Rick Magoo, and and he pointed out that our society holds scientists up as authoritative experts. It was helpful to be reminded how the Bible and science are not against one another because all truth is ultimately God's truth. And while science has helped us discover amazing facts about God's creation, and most of the pioneers of science believed in God as creator, we must ultimately decide whether scripture is true or what some scientists say is true. Let me illustrate. Darwinian evolution is a theory. It's not a fact. Now, some of us struggled with this on the Edgewood State of Theology survey where where only 77% of us disagreed with that statement that modern science disproves the Bible. Uh, You can see 11 more percent disagree with that. And so I was looking at that, and it just struck me, in the culture in which we live, science or experts have become the truth source. A number are not sure, and perhaps you're in process on that. We have a lot of newer people here. A lot of people who took this survey are in high school. And, um, but I, I just want to point out something that Rick shared at the seminar. Rick mentioned how over 900 PhD scientists are now questioning Darwinism and they're signing their names to a website called descentfromdarwin.org. This week, I went on that website that 900 has now increased to over 1,000. Here's the statement they signed, quote, we are skeptical of claims for the ability of random mutation and natural selection to account for the complexity of life. Careful examination of the evidence for Darwinian theory should be encouraged. Who or what do you turn to for truth today? Pastor Brian wrote out a statement recently that captures how our society is slipping into lawlessness and lewdness as more and more people throw off restraint and live without limits. What used to be considered an abomination, which led to lamentation, has become a celebration demanding participation and affirmation. What was formerly unthinkable has become unquestionable. Since Christians are often canceled when they tell the truth, many have chosen to cave, compromise, or remain quiet. We can no longer be silent. 
we must be unshaken in our faith and unashamed of the gospel. It's time for us to be convictional about sin, courageous for our Savior, while being compassionate towards sinners as we witness to the timeless truth of Jesus, who alone can set us free from our sins. Thanks for joining us for On Mission. If you'd like to listen to this message again, you can now download episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or Google Podcasts by going to edgewoodbaptist.net. We'd love to have you as a guest at one of our three weekend services, Saturday at 5 or Sunday at 9 or 1045. My name is Matt Williams, and I'm a member of Edgewood. Ethan Curry, also an Edgewood member, is serving as the producer of this program. We look forward to connecting with you again next weekend as we learn more about how to live on mission. Until then, go deep in God's Word and keep applying it to your world. On Mission is furnished by Edgewood Baptist in Rock Island, Illinois.